Good morning, Nashville. My name is Braden Gall, and this is the 440 for Wednesday, February 23rd. Coming up on the show today, we've got your Golden Nuggets as Nashville SC begins their third season in MLS this weekend. Chris Lee of VandySports.com and Southeastern14.com joins us to give you everything you need to know about SEC baseball in less than five minutes. If you own a home, make sure you remember the name The Kingston Group. That's BuildKG.com. They are Nashville's locally owned award-winning custom home and remodeling firm, and it is the only name you need to know before you make any big decisions about your house. That's The Kingston Group. BuildKG.com. All right, it's Wednesday, and it's time for your golden nuggets from the guys over at the Club and Country Podcast, Wes Bowling and Tim Sullivan, covering Nashville SC soccer. And I don't know if you guys know this, but the season is here. Year three of MLS in Nashville starts on Sunday evening. I'm going to have an announcement for you coming up after the nugget here about a watch party on Sunday evening. But Nashville SC will open the season eight straight games on the road and will face Seattle, one of the most dominant franchises in the league. And the guys tell us exactly just how well Nashville has been built as it compares to a franchise like Seattle. They've been to the playoffs every season since their founding in 2009. So checking my notes here, Tim, I believe that would make Seattle and Nashville (laughs) SC the only MLS clubs to have never missed the playoffs in their histories. That's right, isn't it? As, as it is, as it is written in the stones, so shall it be. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and Nashville SC fans hoping that is prophecy and not just history. Uh, but Tim, they've really built a strong culture in the Pacific Northwest, and they've done it since day one. Yeah, Seattle is is one of those clubs that Nashville can and and should aspire to emulate, um, from culture to support to the the qual- simple quality in the front office. Very little goes wrong with this club, mm-hmm. um, it, and it starts at the top and it, it works its way on down. When you make sure all the little details are taken care of, the big things often come together on their own. And Seattle makes sure that every little detail is is covered, and as we've seen, that's led to a ton of success year over year. That, of course, Wes Bowling, Tim Sullivan from the Club and Country Podcast. Make sure you go check out that show. Jeremiah Oshan from SB Nation covering all things Seattle. Had a great interview with him on this week's episode, so make sure you go check that out. Sunday evening, a little announcement here for you folks. Sunday evening, 440 Sports is hosting a watch party at the ML Rose location on 8th Avenue. First 50 people get a free beer if you show up 7 o'clock against Seattle on Sunday evening. Come out and hang out at ML Rose with, of course, 440 Sports and a bunch of Nashville SC fans. The season is here. I cannot believe it. MLS season number three here in Nashville. College baseball season is underway, and there are two very good teams in the state of Tennessee. Both Vanderbilt and Tennessee are top 20 teams, so I thought we'd get a crash course. Everything you need to know about SEC baseball in less than five minutes. We bring in Chris Lee of Southeastern14.com and VandySports.com to find out just how good this Tennessee team is, who are the top contenders in the SEC, and what are the expectations for this Vanderbilt baseball team. Well, if you believe all the polls preseason, they were anywhere between one and three. There's about five gazillion polls in baseball. I think that's the higher end of what they could do. My question about them, Braden, coming in was pitching. And I saw them play Oklahoma State, and I think they gave up 11 runs all weekend. As you mentioned, they were placing rocker and lighter. That's a huge task. That's the best one-two punch in college baseball since Bauer and Cole at USC or UCLA, perhaps. But yeah, I thought they pitched really well. They had eight or nine guys that they pitched pretty well. Carter Holton's our next big thing. He's a freshman lefty who struggled a little bit, but just dominated it at a time to the point where he just he literally threw 20 straight fastballs and said, see if you can hit this. And he's got five pitches. 
The bullpen's their question. Thomas Schultz is their closer now. I don't think he's going to end the season There's as their closer. The hitting was a, a, more of an issue than I thought. The middle of their order didn't hit for most of the weekend. Uh, Carter Young and Parker Nolan struck out 13 times in 21 at-bats. I think the bats will be there. Spencer Jones kind of had a breakout weekend. He's a, a first-round talent if it works out. They're an intriguing team, and I know they lost to Oklahoma State, but it was – a series that could have gone either way. I think both of them scored 11 runs. State's a national title caliber team. Uh, I think this is going to be a really good team that's only going to get better as the season goes on. Let's look at the East in Tennessee. Look to the East, I should say, in Tennessee. Tony Vitello obviously doing a great job on the recruiting trail. A lot of momentum after last year's team. This is a top 25 team again in the preseason. Is this team better? Are they just younger, more talented? Like, Where are the strengths and weaknesses for this Tennessee team? I think to me, Tennessee is is the biggest wild card in the league because they lost their infield all but Luke Lipsius, who I, I think was the worst of their infielders last year. Not that he's bad. And and they replaced, I think, an outfield or two. And yet you look up and they're scoring 33 runs against a pretty decent Georgia Southern squad. And I think they hit four or five home runs. I think those all came from newcomers. So that was a good sign. The pitching was the thing that I was really worried about, Braden, because they lost Blade Tidwell. He may be done for the year. He, in my mind, was the best starting pitcher returning in the league. Then they lost Seth Halverson from Missouri, who was set to be their number two. He's out for a couple of months. And so I went into that thinking, my goodness, I just think that's a, a hole that's it's dug a little too big. And then they go and they give up three runs all weekend, again, <laughs> to a pretty decent Georgia Southern club. I'm still sitting here with my concerns about them for obvious reasons, and you look across the rest of the league, they're going to have to beat some awfully good teams. And, I mean, Tennessee's good enough to win a lot of other leagues. You know, in the SEC, that might be middle of the pack. But they're really intriguing because I think Tony Vitello has done a phenomenal job. Frank Anderson, their pitching coach, is really good. They've been great at spotting and developing talent. And I think they're, I think they're very interesting. So you just mentioned the depth in the league. You could be fifth or sixth in the SEC and maybe be the best team in a lot of other conferences. There's seven or eight teams that can claim top 25 status, as you mentioned, pick a poll. Um, who, who are the true contenders? Who's on the top tier in the SEC this year? Well, let's go one step further and put this in perspective, right? You had two teams standing in Omaha from the SEC at the end, neither of which won their divisions last year. So that's how competitive this league is, and I think it's that competitive again. I think your title contenders are probably both the Mississippi schools, Vandy, Arkansas, and LSU. LSU, I I don't know if they're going to pitch enough. State, I don't know what to make of them. They had all. I think Ole Miss may be the best team. I just think their lineup, their their lineup in LSU's. Are, are literally as good a lineups as I've ever remembered with apologies to Arkansas, which would like a word in there. But I just think LSU's got four, in my mind, first-team All-SEC guys in the lineup. Ole Miss has got – I think we picked three t- All-SEC teams. We had five of their nine hitters in there, and the rest of their guys are good too. So one to nine, they're really good. Ole Miss, I think, has got a little bit of experience in terms of arms. They've got some kids like Derek Diamond who are highly regarded. So I think to me – Ole Miss is probably, in my mind, the best team, but it could be any one of those five. Tennessee could jump up. Florida, which is really young in spots, especially on the mound, could jump up by season's end. 
those are the ones that I'm watching. Uh, this being the SEC, I feel like I've left somebody out. Um, <laughs> South Carolina is in that fringe discussion too, and I'm interested to see what AM does with Jim Schlossnagel. They rebuilt through the portal, but I, in, in my mind, it's probably five teams that are national title caliber. But but keep an eye on Tennessee and Florida too. Chris, always a pleasure, man. Southeastern14.com. You got the podcast. You got the YouTube page. You got the website. Go check it all out. You guys are doing great work. Thank you so much for hanging out. We, we really appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Make sure you remember the name, the Kingston Group. BuildKG.com is the website. Of course, the 440 brought to you every single morning by our wonderful friends, the Kingston Group. If you own a home and you're going to make some big decisions about a renovation or a custom build, all you need to know is the name, the Kingston Group. Give them a call. Check out their work. BuildKG.com. Thank you guys all for listening. Please rate, review, subscribe, share the show. Check out the YouTube page as well. Got Fringe Element up there. Got our interviews with Zach Lyons, of course, on the Tuesday long form here, the 440. So make sure you check that out on the YouTubes as well. You can follow me on Twitter. My name is Braden Gall, at Braden Gall. Again, thank you guys all for listening. This has been the 440 for Wednesday, February 23rd. The 440 is a production of 440 Media, written and produced by Braden Gall, music by William Tyler.